what's up dudes with some balls listeners yeah that's right new name same us let's get into it super bowl weekend is upon us we've delayed the podcast a little bit a day because we wanted to give you guys the best experience we could as you witness these balls getting at you today and it's only one it's a football it's a round one it's brown and we love it it's the last time we're going to get to appreciate it for a little bit until we start you know, next season, but we got a lot to go into with free agency and other stuff coming up. But right now we're all in on the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium between the Los Angeles Rams, the winners of the NFC and the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. This is, I said it to these boys before, this is an opinion paid, opinion, a debated podcast here because we've, we've gave you all the stats, you know, if we need numbers, we'll list them, but I'm here to say I like both teams. It was a really hard time, you know, me deciding who I'm going to swing with. But at the end of the day, I think Joe Burrow is a winner. I think the Cincinnati Bengals have overcome uh, just some really good teams. And I'm, I'm leaning heavy with the underdogs here. I'm going with the Bengals. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's hard not to root for them. It feels almost like the, the Ravens team in, I think, 2012. And they just got hot at the right time. A lot of young guys on that team. It's hard not to uh, pick against them right now and hard not to root for them. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, and I'm going with Bengals. And Ross is going to say the opposite, and then we're going to be wrong. So here we go. <sighs> This is why we need to discuss things like this a little better before the podcast, because unfortunately we're going to have a clean sweep here. And I do have a few numbers to back it up. Yes. Um, at least my argument. So from the betting world, I like to take a look at where people and by people, I mean, the public is putting the larger percentage of bets on and kind of fading that just because Vegas is in the business of making money. They're typically not in the business of losing money as of right now. And according to one of the sports books I was looking at, there's 78% of money line bets placed on the Rams and 58% of the spread bets placed on the Rams. So the logic there is fade them, which is what I'm going to do right now. I see the Bengals are at plus 160 money line. I have another stat to back up that last week, or excuse me, two weeks ago when the Niners lost to the Rams, they covered. That is the only time an underdog has covered and lost a game uh, this postseason. So if you're going to take the Bengals, take the money line. Don't take the points. Take the money line and root for the underdogs to win this. You hear that? What what you just pretty much said is the NFL's rigged. The Bengals are going to win because Vegas doesn't want to lose money. You heard it from here first. I'm I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm just saying that it's very interesting sometimes when you look at some of which the scores end up right around that that spread line and it's very suspicious that is completely valid but uh, i feel like the people in vegas are pretty smart so like at the same time you kind of want to say oh go rams or not go rams but like bet your money on the rams i'm not in the business of betting money i don't understand it fully yet i mean in terms of just like i would not be able to be the best i like to root for like the wrong teams so i know if i got into it like i'd be losing a lot more money than i'd be making i've been wrong on this podcast so many times so if you're listening to this right now and you are in the interest of sports gambling, you might want to go with the Rams. Jordan, on the other hand, though, I feel good because if you haven't checked it out, check out his Twitter, Bets by Rossi. He's been pretty solid, especially in the past week. He's got some good content with the gifts and stuff. So uh, I'm feeling good that he's on my side for once. We've been opposite sides twice during the postseason. He's been right both times and I've been wrong. Boost one and one, congrats. Um, it's big time. Big week here coming up for us. <laughs> the Super Bowl is exciting. Obviously the most, I believe it's the most watched event every year. I think the, World Cup might surpass it this year because it's longer. I don't know how it really works. I'm just making shit up right now at this point. Sorry for the swearing dudes with some balls listeners. Not really. This is what you came to see, the show. Anyways, I want to talk about something really quick. And maybe I was going to save it for the later part of the podcast, but I think this is actually really important. 
I'm seeing a lot on TikTok and everyone on TikTok wants to think they're sports analysts. And heck, I even post shit on TikTok. I said again, stuff on TikTok too, because like we're trying to get our name out there. I haven't been really good at posting on TikTok, but people are saying like, oh, this, this Bengals team's a one hit wonder. And Joe Burrow is a really good quarterback and we don't want to take away anything he's done this year, but he's not in the category of these elite quarterbacks like Mahomes or Allen. And then, you know, I may agree with that. And then they're saying like, he's in the tier of like the Lamar Jacksons and the Kyler Murray's and the Dak Prescott's Joe Burrow is a freaking winner. Where, where's Dak Prescott? Where's Lamar Jackson? Where's Kyler Murray? Why aren't they in this game? Why have they never been in this game? I put Joe Burrow in those, these top categories, at least for winning purposes. He is a complete winner. This is his first full season with a defense that isn't that good. He has great weapons in the wide receiver, and Joe Mixon is having a heck of a year. But everyone says, oh, Dak Prescott's better than, than Joe Burrow. Why? Dak Prescott was supposed to win this Comeback Player of the Year award. He was supposed to sweep this thing away. Who's winning it? Joe Shiesty. I, I just think he's incredible, and that's also why I'm leaning on him. He's just a freaking winner. I mean, you read his story. You look from the Ohio State to the LSU, what he did there, the, he oozes confidence. Uh, that's the biggest thing in sports. If you're confident, you're going to perform. It's, it's proven almost. I can't say it's scientifically proven, but it's proven. Uh, he is an elite of elite quarterback, and I don't think this is the last time that he's here. I don't – the AFC North, I think it's very open next year. Uh, I think it's a two-horse race because the Ravens are going to be very healthy. And they were scary to begin with before the injuries. Uh, the big one that off the top of my head is uh, Marcus Peters. I think he's a top cornerback. And Lamar Jackson going to be back. I think those two are going to control the AFC North, and they're going to go to the playoffs next year. I don't see Joe Burrow not competing for multiple championships. I could be wrong here, and you guys can cut me off at any point, but – He's a winner. That's all I want to drive home. I think people are putting just overlooking him still saying he's not going to be consistent like this. This is his first full year. This is technically like his rookie season. And he's balling out on a whole different level. And you're seeing that confidence carry over to the players as well. Just listening to the interviews, seeing it like when have you ever seen a kicker? I think he's a rookie kicker talking like he's talking about like when they played the Titans or he was saying something about he's going to hit the game winner here or we're going to the AFC championship. With, right. Like before even walking out there uh he's already announced that he wants to hit a game win and field goal in the super bowl it's just no doubt in his mind that he's going to nail these kicks and i i just I, i've never seen a team that young have that much confidence so right I, i'm perfect, leading with the Bengals. yeah perfect connection i i just they're it's great sports teams that are confidence win they win man the chiefs were so confident the year they won the super bowl a few years back uh I, you know, Ross is going to give me some crap here, but the Legion of Boom era, the Seahawks era, the year they won the Super Bowl, they let everyone know they're the best team on the field. It did not matter who you were. They were letting you know who they were and that they're going to flat out beat you. And that's how I feel about this Bengals team. They are the next coming of just that team. I would be severely scared of Joe Burrow, and I would be severely scared of this Bengals team because they are growing and getting better each day, each week, each, it seems like, year now. And Zach Taylor is leading that front at the coaching staff, and they are just in a really good spot. I see them, I see them with the Chiefs, man. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. It's not a super overlooked prediction, but that's five years. Next five years, I'm almost as confident as this as I am. The Mariners are going to run the AOS for the next five to ten years. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah, just uh, I guess we'll we'll circle back a little bit to talk about my pick of the Bengals, just because I do want the viewers to know that typically when I'm 
when I'm betting, it's I try to take emotion out of it. And this is a very emotional bet because I really do like the Bengals. And I think it, a lot of the listeners may be Seattle folks, probably not huge fans of the Rams. I know I cannot stand the Rams. In fact, the, the fact that this game is in L.A. at the new SoFi Stadium kind of uh, irritates me to know that they're not going to have any legitimate real L.A. Ram fans at the game. And if you look at the cost of tickets, they're not going to have any legitimate Cincinnati Bengals fans either. It's just going to be upper elite status folks in life um, in general. But with that being said, I do agree that uh, the Bengals have almost like this naiveness to them to where they don't know, like the NFL hasn't really put them in their place yet because they're all young. Joe Burrow, you said, like you said, coming off the injury uh, from last year, tore it up this season. One thing I do want to note though, and I think it was about say, saying is they are going to have to be creative in some of the matchups that, that are, they're going to be dealt with. We've talked about that offensive line um, having issues with the pass rush. They got the most dangerous pass rusher in the NFL um, regard, you know, interior nose tackle and Aaron Donald for the Rams. Ramsey said he wants to basically shadow Jamar Chase, which is a matchup I'm very much looking forward to. So I think if you look at both of those areas, the Bengals are going to have to get really creative. We saw it last week with the Chiefs when they had a screen pass. I think it was just in the thir- at the beginning of the third quarter to Samaj P. Ryan out of the backfield, get the ball out quick. Um, do love that receiving core. But, yeah, they're going to have to be – Zach Taylor is going to have to be very creative this game in order to uh, alleviate some of that pressure coming at Burrow. It's a really good note, and I think we haven't, we've kind of overlooked the talk of how – uh, good the Rams front is I think we've mentioned it a little bit but never really went on it you're right Aaron Donald is the best of the best when it comes to that and that is a scary sight for a team that gave up nine, I believe it was nine sacks to the Tennessee Titans so that is the one match that could change it and just out of curiosity for our viewers who might be interested in this game in the matchup you discussed with Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase is there a I didn't look at this one is there a line for this do you know off the top of your head if not circle back to me I'll find it for you I can always do that Booth, is there anything else you really feel passionately about this? Because I, I've driven home some passion today, and I'm probably going to have to, like, turn down the volume on this podcast because I was getting pretty excited. Uh, if we want to go against what everyone's been saying with the Bengals, I think an important matchup is not on the field, but the coaches that are there. Uh, Sean McVay's had a lot of experience learning from that Super Bowl loss against Belichick a few years ago. Um, and I, I, I expect uh, Zach Taylor, as good of a coach as he is, to make a few mistakes here, and that could be the difference. It's uh, a... Okay. Always a close game in the Super Bowl, so I think that'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch. Two young coaches see how they uh, deal with that pressure. Beautiful. Hey, that's a great point, Booth, yeah. because I was actually talking to someone earlier this uh, this last weekend, and it's not just Zach Taylor that I think has to deal with the pressure. And if you watch Joe Burrow, I don't think he's playing with any pressure. In fact, I'd venture to say that the Rams have a lot more pressure on them in this game. When you look at McVay already having made it to a Super Bowl trading Goff and multiple first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has been in the league for, what, 14 years, 13 years since I think he was drafted in 2009. Um, so it's his first run at the Super Bowl. He's got to have a ton of weight on his shoulder to try to win this thing in their hometown. The Rams are going to have all the pressure in this game. Yep. The Bengals have the ability to go out and just have that moxie, that aura around them and play with a lot of confidence and swagger. And the Rams are going to be the ones, I think. And actually, even as the last couple of weeks watching the Rams play, watching McVay on the sidelines just looked like he was a deer in headlights at times, watching the Buccaneers almost come back, yeah. watching him almost have realization that the Niners are going to win that game last week. 
I don't know. I think, I think the Bengals are, I like the Bengals a lot for those reasons. Yeah. No, I, I wanted to hit that too, because you said, uh, I forget the exact word you used. It was like skittish or something like that. Not skittish. It wouldn't be skittish. Well, how would you describe McVay the way he's been coaching? If you could put in one word over the past two weeks. He's very timid. He's very conservative. Like, yeah, that's that's better descriptive words. What what I'm trying to say is he's gone against, I would say three very good defenses in the playoffs uh, and was able to win despite maybe not the prettiest wins with Tampa and San Francisco, but he's beat both of them in all playoffs long. Even we've mentioned it. The Bengals defense isn't that great, but the way they're the confidence as Booth mentions, the way Joe Burrow has rubbed off on all these people all the way as down as far as to burnt toast boy Eli Apple, this Bengals team is very confident. But at the same time, stats have not really lied to some point. And the Bengals defense is probably the worst defense that this Rams team is going to play. So if Sean McVay puts the pedal down and says, I'm done being this passive coach and I want to see, I want to unleash my guys because my guys are really good because my management and our coaches have acquired the best players because we built this team practically off trades to get this superstar talent, let them eat. Let them try to expose this Bengals defense. If they play passive and scared and timid at times, like they have the past two weeks, especially in that second half against Tampa Bay, this is where that confidence just grows larger for the Bengals. Don't let the Bengals be in it after the first quarter. If the Rams can put it down, score a few times, like even a touchdown and a field goal, or even just a couple field goals, and they got the Bengals on, on edge, don't let the Bengals hang in the first quarter. That's the, that's the big thing, I think. If the Bengals have any sort of momentum after that first quarter, it's that team's confident. It's wraps. I, I, I want to say this game could be over after the first quarter. It's bold. I agree, I, I agree with you there. I think to, that, to kind of further that point and with that logic, uh, even last week when the Bengals were down as, big, as much as they were, they were still able trying to establish the run, right? And having a little bit of that balance keeps the defense from – stacking the box and pinning their ears back in, in obvious passing down situations when you know the offensive line that Burrow has is not great. And we actually saw Burrow move around with his legs quite a bit last week. So I think another big factor in this game is going to be Mixon, getting Mixon and the running backs involved just to have a little bit of balance and not let Von Miller and, and Aaron Donald and the, that defense come full-fledged right at Burrow. Right. That, that's the Rams ranked. I'm uh, looking up right now. The Rams ranked sixth in rushing defense. Defense can rush, I guess. Uh, but getting Mixon, I think Mixon's a very evolved back, only getting better. Obviously, that's another reason why I think this Bengals team has potential for the next couple of years. Uh, just find ways to spread it around. You know, Jamar Chase isn't going to be the superstar in this game. If he does something cool, he has the chance to win Super Bowl MVP, but he's not probably the main focus right now. As, but we do want to see the matchup of him and Jalen Ramsey. I got a line for you, by the way. I think Thank it was 79 and a half. Wow. What would you do? Um, it, I mean, it just, it's really going to determine, I guess, and I don't know how the Rams are going to de- play defensively, but if they shadow Ramsey on him all game, I think you, I would love to not just bet. I would not like to bet that line. I think I would rather put more bets on like Tyler Boyd, um, T Higgins to have those type of guys spread the ball around. Hey, I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday at the, at the Bengals, uh, I guess it was like a going away parade. Uzama, my guy just rips off, rips off his uh, knee brace. He got carted off the last game against the chiefs. He says, there's no way he's missing this game. Oh, that's huge. 
I don't know if he's actually going to play, but you got to think as a guy who's probably been in the, the Bengals organization for a couple of years, at least, and the biggest game of his life, like if he does somehow play on the injury that he has, I mean, that's incredible. That's incredible. That kind of turnaround. That would be really cool. It'd be a good story. Um, Booth, what do you think if you, because Ross is scared of this one. So if you were, if you were given like 50 bucks and they said this 50 bucks has to go towards you taking the over on there on this Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey matchup, it was 79 and a half. What are you doing? Last, or I guess it won't be last week anymore, but two weeks ago, none of the Niners had above, none of the Niner receivers had above 79 yards. So um, kind of makes me want to lean towards the under there. Uh, Tom Brady did find Mike Evans a lot for like 120 yards, I believe, against the Rams defense. But um, Evans I, burned Jalen Ramsey too. Yeah. So we've seen Chase do that to basically everyone he's played against, but I'm still going to go. I'm going to go under. I'm going to respect the Rams defense and pick the under. But I like what, what uh, yeah. what you, you were saying about Boyd and all the, all the boys there. Yeah. For every Bengals player that's confident, I will say there's no more confident player than Jalen Ramsey, though. And this is – he has made it clear that this is the biggest game of his career and he is ready for all the smoke. And I love it. I mean, I really do. I think if a cornerback can talk, he's he's fun to watch. Uh, that's why I like Marcus Peters so much in Baltimore, Booth. Uh, that's why I liked Richard Sherman before he started doing some crazy shit. But he's uh, – I said shit like four times on the podcast this week. I think What's that going on? – I'm just expressing excitement today. It's not very professional, uh, but that's not, this doesn't have to be a professional, man. This is an opinion-based podcast. This is just us three dudes sharing talks about footballs, maybe other balls to see where it goes. Right, let's get to the fun stuff now. Let's, let's yeah, get some yeah. props going. Sorry, sorry. And the transition cue will come in now. Jordan, let's see. There's a lot of fun bets in the Super Bowl. Let's go in on some of these fun bets you have for us and what you're feeling. All right, so I actually had kind of a, a quick little segment, and I'll give you a few bets. You guys tell me which ones you like. But before we get into the bets, what is your go-to Super Bowl appetizer or snack, or what are you munching on? Buffalo chicken wings. I, I'd actually probably go the same. Here's the thing. I'll tell you guys a little secret, and I'll try to make this quick. When the Seahawks won the Super Bowl in 2013, or I believe it was, I drank a glass of chocolate milk right before the uh, the snap that Peyton Manning. That oh, one man. And so I hammered chocolate milk the rest of the Super Bowl, and it works. So if you have a team in this Super Bowl and you eat something right before a score, just keep going with it. I think it works. I didn't drink chocolate milk the next Super Bowl, and the pick happened at the goal line. So, Right. That's like uh, if you're drinking a beer in your left hand and your team throws a touchdown, you, just, you can't move the beer to your right hand. Like It's got to stay in your left hand. they got to be superstitious. Yeah, and for your underage kids, don't drink those. I would I would say like chips and queso or like maybe like a chips and uh like a French onion dip. Those those are always go-to appetizers. Super Bowl. Big chip guy. Chips. Big like chip that. guy. That's a solid choice. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's let's do it. Let's dive into some of these props. Uh before we get into the props, I know we like the Bengals. We'll say it again. Rams minus four, Bengals plus four for all you spread doers this weekend. Um, first prop. Joe Mixon, anytime touchdown, minus 108. Does he score in the Super Bowl, yes or no? Screenplay, bubble screen. Yes. They're going to get him involved in the passing, probably in like a second or third and goal play. Yeah, I see, him getting a, I see him getting a short rush in the, in the red zone and punching it through. 
I have him on my it's, it's, fantasy team, and he's like really good. He's, I rushed with him today for like 230 yards, and he had like four touchdowns. So like he'll probably do that. Yeah, and he only needs one. Yeah, and he got four. <laughs> yeah, and they got three good receivers. And so here's a, just a quick little stat: uh, mixing anytime touchdown this year, 36 and a half percent of the time or more he, that is hit. Uh, but I mean, you guys still got to think with as good as the receivers and even just the league in general, just a little PI in the end zone. Next thing you know, the ball's getting placed at the one yard line. Hand that bad boy off to Joe Mixon. They don't call PIs in the end zone. (laughs) If uh, any of these 49ers fans are listening, throw back to the Ravens game and that Super Bowl, but whatever, who cares about rules? (laughs) All right. Next one, we got heads versus tails in the coin flip, both minus one Oh three. Now the last two overtimes, I believe the opposing team has chosen heads and it was tails both times. I feel like tails is due. Respectfully on two, on not two dudes, dudes with some balls, you know, I'm going with heads. I'll let you guys piece that one together. Tails never fails. Tails never fails. <laughs> I, like I was going to go, I was going to go heads until, until Nick just had to say that. Booth keeps me in check. Like if I get out of pocket, he'll like ring, like bring us back in. Don't be afraid. Someone's got to do it, I guess. Yeah, you're like the, you're like the supervisor of the show. Congrats. <laughs> All right, the next one is going to be, and this is just a fun one, and I actually took this one already. A field goal or extra point hitting the crossbar or a post plus four oh five. Now Matt Gay has not looked very like it. Just looks kind of sketchy when he's been kicking the ball lately. And uh, Evan McPherson, or I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna say his I'm not gonna say his nickname on the podcast, but uh, he's been riding high. I, I could see a ball just some nerves maybe going off a post. Right, no just nerves. needed to, just needed to nick it. Dog. Well, so can it go in still, even if it hits the? Yeah, post? it can go in if it just kisses the post or the crossbar. I mean that bet hits. Hmm. Just need a ball. Just need a kick to either an extra point or a field goal to kiss it. Need it. Ball to grazier post um i don't know man that's a weird one i'm gonna go with no i'm actually i don't i could never no it's inside that gives me a little bit right so inside right or is there like a, yeah yeah i'm going no wind unless they turn on some fake wind uh, i see uh i see a perfect day of field goal kicking anything from you come on booth we may have lost booth i think we did hey it's me and you for the rest of the show i guess back to two dudes with some balls as we lose booth Keep it going. I think Booth. I don't know what Booth said. He uh he said he's got had some yeah. All right, we lost Booth, but hey, we're almost done anyways. Me and you can finish this so, up. Sounds good. So the next ones I got are I just have a couple more left, but no combined combined uh touchdown jersey numbers over 187 and a half. <laughs> so like Joe Mixon being 28 if he scores. And then yes, like, 28 points. Like Jalen Ramsey got a pick six, it'd be five. Wow. Right. So, you, so like if you're a Bengals fan, numbers. I know, like Chase is a low number. So if you're a Bengals fan, you're like, man, I need OBJ's T. Higgins, 85. Yeah. Yeah, OBJ's low. Yeah, Even Cooper T. Cup is 10. I know. Um, they, so you're hoping for like Tyler Higby. Uh, if he's even playing. Or yeah. Uzama, if he plays 87. Yeah, I mean, so Boyd, T. Higgins, all the Rams receivers wear low numbers. I think even Van Jefferson's low. I, I'm yeah. not positive on that. Well, uh, uh, didn't he get hurt? Or is that? No, no that's he not. should be good. That's yeah. Higby. Higby's 89. I know that. I, I just Higby's that, hurt, though. Oh, Higby's hurt. Okay. Oh, man. Cam Akers is only obviously 25. I mean, right. Dude, I don't know. That is so tough. I think you got to go low. Like, I just don't. 
unless T Higgins catches two touchdowns to get you, I mean, a majority of that. There's a really big chance though this game could be high scoring. It could be either. I mean, obviously any game can be high scoring or low scoring. Yeah. I don't see it being like a, a, a 24 to 21 game. I could see, I see this more being like a, a 35 to like 38 game, like something crazy, you know, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Alrighty, you ready That's for the next top. one? Yeah, yeah. I'd go the under on that too. Perfect. Total sacks five and a half. Oh, dude. Yeah. I'm slamming the over on that. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I expect I expect the Bengals to get one Hendrickson or maybe a safety blitz or something in his own. Mm-hmm. And I expect the Rams to get to Joe Burrow plenty of times. So yeah, exactly. And neither of the quarterbacks are the most mobile in the world. It's really, so it's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I'm surprised that's so low, actually. This one I just threw for fun because I, I just like I said, like I mentioned earlier I just don't like the Rams. But first team to use a challenge: Rams minus one twelve, Bengals minus one twelve. The fact that's even even is atrocious. McVeigh has been so freaking giddy to throw yeah. that red challenge flag. Um, yeah, that's. A good I, I, would, I mean, I would hammer the Rams. I would. That's pretty <laughs> that's, that's, that's All good. right. <laughs> Couple left. Uh, we have. Mickey Guyton singing the national anthem. And I tried to do some research on this, but the line that I saw that was set was 95 seconds, 95 and a half seconds. Both uh, over and under is minus 120, but I do have some stats. Seven out of the last nine national anthems sung at the Super Bowl have gone over two minutes, and the other two have lasted over 106 seconds. So if you're taking the under of 95 and a half, seconds on this national anthem sung by mickey guyton country music award winning singer songwriter yeah then i think there's something wrong with you i think you got to slam the over i saw a, a video on how like maybe not a podcast or maybe just been someone and like this is if he sees this like he knows what he's doing like he knows what his his times are this is his perfect time to just screw people over and rip through this national anthem but I'm rooting for the underdog. I'm gonna go under, and we can come back to this. Gonna, I think it's. I think yeah, it's you, you, to go opposite here. So I just that's that's the one where you're like, all right, hurry up and finish this national anthem so we can start watching the, what we came yeah. here for. We well, just want to watch part, football. The sad part is, is because like people, especially like you, a big sports better guy. I've been around people at Super Bowl parties where it's like they hit every profit. They hit. Every, they went on every single one, and they bet on it. If you don't get that national anthem one right, that's the first one. You're already pissed off, man. And then you lose the coin flip, and then your day, your day's already ruined. Like at this point, and then if your team doesn't play well, if you have a team in the, it's it. I've seen it all. So I, I, I hopefully you get the national anthem right. All righty, Nick. Last one we have Gatorade's got notorious be. Gatorade color. Uh, Orange yeah. plus two hundred. Yeah. No Gatorade plus three fifty. Blue plus four hundred. Clear water is plus four fifty. Yellow or green is plus 450. Red or pink is plus 600. My dark horse is purple. I don't know why. I just could see it being purple. It's plus 1,000. So you, what does no Gatorade mean? Like they don't dump it at all? I guess, yeah. That's never happened, so I would never go with that one. Well, you said the I, thing about the Bengals. Uh, someone asked him. I was like, was it around the horn? Or I feel like it's too obvious. Yeah, I think it was part of my take. They said it was uh, – they asked him, and he was like, yeah, now I think about it, we get orange every game. But – I feel like that's too obvious. Like the Gatorade is always just some random color. Like I could see it being purple or yeah. Like uh, I don't think it'd be blue. If anything, I could see it being just like water. You know what I'm I mean? I'm feeling I'm feeling yellow. I don't, I don't know something about it. Yellow green. Los Angeles. Not not. I'm gonna green. take purple. It's the highest odds, so I'll take purple. All right. Plus a thousand. 
see what happens. <laughs> I, I love these bets, man. I think they're so funny. But the people that come on people is great. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the largest show on in, in professional sports. I mean, you can yeah. literally put money on any side of everything. There's a lot of money to be made during the Super Bowl. Maybe that's why it's so successful. Uh, anyways, that is a fantastic wrap to this week's episode. We're a day late. I know. I'm sorry. Maybe it's better, though, because we're closer to the Super Bowl. That way, things stay fresh in your mind. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's an opinion-based podcast. Wasn't my best language today. And, you know, the S word is – It's. I think it's legal on TV now, so, you know, I don't feel as bad. Um, but, hey – we're going to take a week off after the Super Bowl. We might, maybe we'll come back and do a little Super Bowl talk. We're going to, you know, start processing our notes, start processing what we want to do, moving into the next sports segment, moving into free agency, moving into who we want to bring on the show, uh, just everything. Us three are going to talk. Things are heading in the right direction. I know Jordan's super excited about it. Booth, not with us right now. Had some things come up. Just as excited about it. Thank you guys for tuning in to Dudes with Some Balls, and we hope that name resonates with you well. Thank you guys for listening. Take care, y'all.